The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And welcome again to Bring Your Soul to Work. Today we're doing some spring cleaning. And I have as a guest a wonderful team member of mine, career breakthrough strategist extraordinaire, Michelle Barone. Hello, Michelle. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you. I'm going to have you tell your story in just a second, but let me um, kind of tee off what we're going to talk about today. So if you're listening to this program live, it is uh, the advent of how spring comes through the northern part of the country. Michelle and I are both in Florida, so it's spring and summer pretty much around the clock. But in a typical mm-hmm. fashion of, of when spring comes our way, we have the inkling to kind of clear things out, to to open up the windows and let some fresh air in. And there is a ritual of reclaiming and rebirthing that comes as we go through a dormant period, which is typically what winter is all about. And even if we don't live in the typical four-season area, we still have a human cycle, a human annual cycle that we go through that feels a metaphor for the four seasons. And when we emerge out of the cycle of dormant and non-growth, perhaps, we literally are growing in a dormant period, but we don't feel it. It's not tangible. And it can be frustrating to the human brain and human mind. We like to feel momentum when we like to have the bodily sensation that things are going in a particular direction. Um, I don't know about you, Michelle, but I just did some closet cleaning as a sort of a routine measure I do every now and then. One of the charities that I donate to actually had sent out an email and I was like, you know what, I could probably go back into my closet and pull some, some stuff out that I really seriously am not wearing or using and someone else could find a good measure with that. Have you done some cleaning around your house or closet recently? I have. I actually took a look around and was feeling a bit cluttered. Um, Mm -hmm. And I went to Home Depot with my mask on and got a couple (laughs) of those storage bins and Mm -hmm. just looked around the room and said, what do I not need out right now? Um, Yeah. And so that's what I did. And, and going through the closet, another thing, looking through and what outfit, shirt, pair of pants, dress, whatever, what doesn't bring you joy? And if you right. look at it and it doesn't give you a good feeling, it goes in the box or right. you give it away. Right. So that's a really tough bar to match up with because, gosh, maybe if I lose 10 pounds, that would be something I'd want to wear or if I have a really fancy party one of these years, maybe I'd wear that. Or So our brain overthinks why we need to hang on to stuff. 
And when we are contemplating spring cleaning or opening things out, there has to be some element of us feeling ready or that we need it. Like we either get irritated, like what you were talking about, maybe things looked a little cluttered. Mm -hmm. You may have felt like a certain sense of irritation or some type of inner pang that was like, eh, I don't like this right now. And anytime we make a change, as human beings, we sort of have to have that little thing inside that's like, this isn't feeling right. Usually it's not a thought, it's a feeling. And then it travels really quickly up to the brain and the brain goes, yes or no, hmm. So if we have massive defense mechanisms, we're super stressed out, we're gonna take that feeling of having the urge to wanna do something, to fix something, and maybe it'll go off into the category of defense mechanisms and nope, no time, can't do it, too busy, I don't want to deal. And we have all of that rationalization stopping us from doing something that we have an urge to do. And we see this all the time in the women we work with, um, not only in the clarity calls that we do, but also in the workshop as we're working with women to help them arrive at a place where they've not been before they have to do their own internal spring cleaning. And as you know, Michelle, it's one of the things that Mm -hmm. we start off with is that inner cleaning. Because if you don't feel organized and shined up on the inside, I don't care how great your resume is or how wonderful your LinkedIn connections are, you're not gonna be jiving with that next level of you. And uh, that's what we do in my Kick-Ass Career Workshop. Uh, Michelle and I have been working together for a year and a half or so now, right? Something like Mm -hmm, that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it's been 10 years of joy and happiness, but it's just really been a short period of time. I'm going to talk a little (laughs) bit about um, how in the corporate world we use this spring cleaning methodology in the method of Kaizen. And you were talking earlier about how you were Six Sigma Yellow Belt. Congratulations on that. Bravo. Uh, we need this, I know exactly. We need this sort of cleaning up, sorting in the corporate world as well, because things get cluttery, things get clogged, things get junked up and they don't work as well. And if we're not paying attention to when they need attention, we are going to miss opportunity to make things better. And I know Six Sigma is different than what I spent years doing, and that was doing the Kaizen. It's a Japanese method of performance improvement, and Kaizen is actually an ancient Japanese word. Um, And the fundamental Kaizen is called the five S. And the five S's stand for sort, set in order, shine, Mm -hmm. standardize, and sustain. And I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about this, Michelle, and let me know when, you, when you've when you done some things like this in the corporate world as well. I'm going to talk about this from a corporate type of perspective. I'm going to talk about it from a kitchen drawer perspective. And then we're going to talk together about how our clients use these same principles more or less in the work that we do where we help them do the same work at a soul level. And then if you want to share your personal story in the second half, that would be awesome. Not necessarily to say share everything, but I think you have some Mm -hmm. really great um, gems uh, that we can share in the second half of this show about how you sorted, set in order, shine, standardized, and are sustaining 
your soul's uh, mm -hmm. beautiful cleaning and and brightness uh, that you've done. And it's a pleasure to have been a front row witness in all of that. So when we when we talk about <laughs> when we talk about Kaizans and we talk about organizing, we can't help but to think of the proverbial kitchen junk drawer. Now, when I first started this coaching work, uh, my assistant and I at the time, Taylor, uh, did a 5S on my kitchen drawer and we literally filmed it. So the first thing we do when we're doing spring cleaning, when we're opening things up to clean them, we have to sort it out. We have to basically get everything out there and start sorting it. So what we did with the kitchen drawer is we literally took everything out of it and laid it on the counter. And as a matter of fact, we laid it on the counter and sorted it in piles, you know, the, the spare gum, you know, those one pieces mm -hmm. that get thrown in there, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the screws that come from who knows where, what's missing a screw, but there's screws and paper clips and rubber bands and there's Absolutely. pens and pencils and everything else catch all because don't we all think that everything that's in that spare kitchen junk drawer is going to like come in handy someday. Um, and then like once a year when you actually go, ah, I know where we have that it's in the kitchen drawer, but for the most Absolutely. part, that kitchen drawer is full of stuff. That's not ever going to get used. So we sorted it out. And I remember we had spare change and of course there's like dust and grime in there that collects over time. So we sorted it all out. And then the second step we did was we set it in order. So we had to make some decisions at this point. What are the things that we want to keep? What are the things we want to throw out? And in true Kaizen fashion, when you're sorting it, you actually are discarding on first touch. So when you're being super efficient on cleaning out or sorting, you're touching things once. This means you have to be ready to make decisions. Throw it out, keep pile, 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 throw it out, keep pile. Is this what you did in your office? Uh, I have done it in my kitchen. I did not do it in my office, um, okay. but I did do it in the bedroom. Got rid of some mm -hmm. drunk drawers and, yep, and exactly mm -hmm. that. Picked it up. If I haven't touched it in a year or two or went, wow, I was wondering where that was. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. I, if I haven't mm -hmm. used it, get rid of it. Right. And you talked about if something um, brings you joy or not. And again, that's a high bar. Like, oh, do I love that or do I like, mm. talk about that a little bit. How, do, how does, I mean, you got to so, start feeling things. Yeah. You, you, you do because there's, there's things that you pick up and it just has a, a feeling, a memory to it. And then you have to kind of check in with yourself. Um, is it a good memory? Is it a bad memory? Is it one that I'm holding on to that still serves me? So, mm. you know, and we could get into, you know, hoarding and, but that, that's mm -hmm. probably a whole other show, but you know, that yeah, not my, not my expertise, it, but it is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Am I keeping it because I think I might, I might not ever be able to get it again. So it's, you're keeping yeah. it out of black or are you keeping it because it really does bring you joy. And so there is a difference. 
And so yeah. if it brings you a little bit of a, a, a smile to your face or to your, you know, feeling in your heart, then yeah, keep it close to you. But mm-hmm. if you're keeping it for the wrong reasons, like, oh, maybe I'll lose weight. You know what? You, you can't do that. That's like when you don't use your, your, you know, grandmother's china except for special occasions. Mm-hmm. Every day is a special day. And if you wouldn't pick it up and, and utilize something, then you have to check in, well, why are you keeping it? And right. Because, here, because here's the biggest thing for me. If I keep it, then that, that takes the space of something new that I could be welcoming in. And mm-hmm. which one do I want more? Which one do I want more? Well, and you bring up a great point because at the soul level, we know this is true as well. And I want to... I want to keep bringing us back to the fact that what we're talking about is practical three-dimensional world, but everything that we're talking about applies to, to your soul, to a human being's soul and our soul experience. So if you throw out some inner trash, if you decide as you're sorting out the stuff that's inside of you, that this stuff needs to get thrown out, you are absolutely indeed opening space for new beautiful energy to come in. And if you keep the old stuff, you're not going to have the space for new. Um, I probably told you this, Michelle, but a couple of years ago, my partner and I decided that every time we would buy a new piece of clothing, we committed to throwing out or donating an equal amount of clothing. So if you bought two shirts, donate two shirts. And then we started getting a little bit carried away slash competitive with it. Well, let's do two for one. Let's do three (laughs) for one. And so now that's basically how we go with um, adding new. We open the space every time there's something new. And to be honest, most people have way too much that they're holding on to. Um, when, when we left our house uh, that we lived in with, for 16 years with the kids, there was a lot of stuff I was holding on to in the attic, stuff I hadn't seen in years. And you know what? It was memories and memorabilia, which, to be honest with you, I hadn't looked at it in 16 years since we moved in. What am I saving it for? So it's like, you know, those memories that you want to have when you're older in a rocking chair. And I decided that I was going to have that memory of looking back on those things then and there. Mm. And I wasn't going to wait for when I'm in my 80s or 90s. I was going to I did it then and there. And I said, okay, I've had my moment with it. When you were going through your stuff, did you have clothes or something that you sort of hung on to because, oh, remember that party? Oh, remember that wedding? Did you have experiences like that? Not with the clothes, but definitely with cards, written notes, um, mm. things like that. So you you pick it up and you look at it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there there's some things that I held on to, like um, cards written by my uh, grandfather that's no longer with us. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that, because seeing their writing and knowing mm-hmm. that they held a pen in their hand and took a moment to think of me made me feel good and it brought me joy. And so mm-hmm. that's how I look at even cards now. How many people mm-hmm. have a whole stack of cards that they've gotten every year for their birthday? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, who we keep those. And so um, taking a look at those, taking a look at other things around you, look at, look at your walls. What paintings are still bringing you joy or what have you just kept up because it's just been there because for so long just... in your home blind? Right. Um, so it's right. things like that too. It, it's not just yep. 
the dro- it's every your it's your whole surrounding it's your environment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so when you when you when you sort it out it is important to have the things that bring you joy but i'll say this there's a lot of things that we might be hanging on to thinking it does bring us joy but we're kind of hanging on to it because we're afraid of letting that thing go mm-hmm. we're afraid if we don't have the tangible peace that we're not going to have the joy or the happiness of it. And I would challenge all of us to reconsider is hanging on to the physical thing really what we're getting out of it? Or is it just a sense of scarcity? I'm not going to have that ever again. Oh, I better hang on to it. So we got to check in on that. So when we sort things out, we really have to be clear with ourselves what it is that's causing us to have an emotional attachment. Let's talk about the next step, which is set in order. And this is really getting clear on what do you want to have near to you, far away, in the back, in the front, to the sides. Uh, Julia Child and her husband always organized uh, Julia's kitchen in this uh, Kaizen way. I don't know if they knew the Kaizen methodology, but she had a pegboard to the right of her stove. And that Mm -hmm. pegboard had those hooks, you know, the pegboard with the metal hooks. And they literally put the pans and the pots on that pegboard, which was the size of the wall, in the order and the closeness of the pots and pans she used most frequently were at arm's length right right there that she could just grab right off the wall. And the things that she didn't use that often were either further up or further down. So the set and order for how she organized her kitchen was really brilliant because the most commonly used stuff was right there for her to grab right away. Mm-hmm. And it that, makes that's... total sense, right? That, that we would do this, but yeah. sometimes we don't think about this when we are organizing our desk or organizing our closet or things like that. And if we spend a minute or two considering it, that's the way it should be set in order. It should be set in order with right here, these first things that I tend to grab first. So that's setting in order. And when we're doing this with our soul, we want the attributes of who we truly are, things that make us us, to be the first things that we think about and we reinforce and we energize every single morning. And if we have sorted things out, we get rid of the damaging thoughts. We get rid of the things that hold us back. We get rid of the old tapes that tell us we can't and we're not enough and we'll never have. And we bring to the surface our beauty and our amazing soul. What are the things that you've set in order to be at the top priority for you, Michelle? Um, I would say uh, making sure my morning routine of self-care, that I have everything I need placed in exactly the right place where I need it at the time. So um, I get up and, you know, do the, the, you know, the typical woman thing, put your makeup on, that kind of stuff. But when I sit down to meditate and do my journaling, I have everything I need right there, pen, Mm -hmm. paper, you know, mm-hmm. my obsession with crystals, um, right. candle. So I have everything near me, um, the headphones, the iPad, all of it's charged. I check that the night before. So that way when I start my morning, I'm starting it off on a right foot. 
And I always make sure I do it first thing in the morning when my mind is clear before the clutter mm-hmm. of the day has infiltrated our minds and our thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. So that way you can start fresh every single day. Set your intention and start fresh. And thank you, Mo, for bringing me that to that mm-hmm. <laughs> that great ritual um, and and helping me define my own. And so that has been something that has been um, amazing. And I wish I had learned it years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, we we come along, don't we? We come along. <laughs> so yes, we do. so you yes, talk. We do. We, we talked about, as we said in order, and you, you, you basically said this, the next level is we shine things up. So before I filled back in my kitchen drawer, I would set in order the things I wanted to be in the front, the things in the back. But then I cleaned the kitchen drawer out. I washed it. And I actually set paper on the bottom and used some dividers and things like that to organize so that I can have a standardized setup in the kitchen drawer. You mentioned for your daily routine, you have your devices plugged in there. Uh, They're always charged for the morning. You have your journal, you have your pen. I don't know about you, but me having my shine of my daily ritual is to have a pen that I love writing with and to have journals that when I just look at them, they bring me joy and happiness just by looking at them back to that. So we've sorted out the stuff that's unwanted and wanted We've set it up in order and now we shine it. The third S is shining it. So we want things that are, that are shiny and sparkly and fun and ease of use. And the things that are first order of business there, they make us happy and they, they bring us joy. Um, The next S is standardizing. So it sounds like you have a, a singular place where you go every morning, you have a standardized place, things are set up. And it is a routine. Right. Exactly. It, and it, it makes it a happy place. It makes yes. it easy. You're right. And it yes. makes it easy to do it and to stay committed mm-hmm. to your um, practice, whatever it is. Um, it just makes it easier. If everything is there, you can sit mm-hmm. down and just do it. There's nothing worse than walking into even your office. If you have to walk in your office and you have to straighten up your desk on a Monday morning, is that going to start mm-hmm. your week off on the right foot? Right. And this has been, and as you bring it back to the soul, it's the same thing with the check-in with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have to clean up the emotional mess of the night before or the weekend before, then we're mm. not starting our week off or our day off in a fresh way. So right. we have to shine that stuff up and process it before so you can get started fresh, whatever, whether it's a segment of the day or whether it's the next day. Mm-hmm. But shine exactly. up your emotions as well. Yeah, totally. And we we sometimes don't give uh, our inner work as much uh, priority as the outer because the inner work and the feelings of what's not in place and what's frustrating us and what's nagging at us, we tend to have really strong, powerful defense, defense mechanisms to rationalize it and push it down. Yeah, I might be frustrated with my boss. I might be frustrated with my work. Yeah, I haven't gotten a promotion or a raise in five, ten years, but I'm just going to push that down. And so we tend not to look. Now, if you go into your closet every day to get dressed, you have to look at your closet every day. If you go into your office every day, you have to look at your office. You go into your kitchen, you have to look at your kitchen. You don't have to look at your inner world all the time because our psychology has techniques for pushing this stuff down and having us ignore it. And it's called defense mechanisms and rationalization 
is the number one defense mechanism that we human beings use to ignore the things that are asking for our mm -hmm. attention. In the second half of this show, we're going to talk about the fifth S and why it's super important, it might be the most important of all the S's. And Michelle, you and I are just going to kind of toss around our personal journey through our own soul's spring cleaning. But folks, listen, if you're listening to uh, what we've got going on today, you're hearing me and Michelle, who is a brilliant career breakthrough strategist. Michelle's role on my team is to talk to you about your career and to literally diagnose and help you sort out what's working and not working. And we also want to talk to you about what's that big dream and what's that big goal that you really want to achieve and have in your life. When we help you sort that out, we call it a career clarity call. Because here's the bottom line. Your career matches what's going on inside of you. And that's just the way this human experience goes. Our inner world is reflected in the outer world, which is why sorting and shining and standardizing is so important. But if we're not doing that on the inside, we're not taking care of the real priority. In order for you to get booked on our uh, career clarity schedule and to be seen by a career breakthrough strategist like Michelle, or maybe it would be Michelle, you can book that career clarity call at mofall.com slash give me clarity. And if you're not really ready to book a call with us and the call is complimentary, and you're going to know the exact steps that you're going to need to take after that call, whether it be working with us or something else. If you're not ready for that, if you're not ready to dive into that right so yet, you might want to check out my five shifts webinar. It's the five shifts mm -hmm. of bringing your soul to work. And that's at mofall.com slash master class. And uh, we get raves on that on that webinar, don't we, Michelle? And we talk to people on the on the clarity call. Um, I really sort out the the main things that are holding all people back from having the career of their dreams. There's very significant things that everyone has um, in their junk drawer of their soul that are holding their careers back. And we really do uh, want you to understand what's going on there so that you can, uh, when you're ready, we want you to be ready ASAP mm -hmm. because we don't want any soul walking around this earth not feeling awesome. Um, <laughs> when you're When you're ready to set it in order and shine it up and standardize it, we're here with a wonderful program. Michelle, you and I will be back right after this break mm -hmm. to talk about the fifth S and also to share some personal uh, challenges and celebrations. We'll be right back. This is Coach Mo Fall. I'm here with Michelle Barone, my career breakthrough strategist. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And we are back talking about spring cleaning, but... We're talking about spring cleaning on multiple fronts here. I'm here with my delightful team member, Michelle Barone. She's a breakthrough strategist on my team. She helps you sort out your careers, problems, just like we're talking about sorting out your closet, your kitchen drawer, and your soul. So what typically happens to us human beings as we live our life is that we get 
the junk drawer stuff happen in our soul. We get a lot of junk thrown in there and we keep it in there because most of us don't know how to sort it out. We don't know how to get rid of the unwanted. And what ultimately happens is that we sort of begin believing that we have to just keep it all in there. Who is going to want to hear this? Or what do I do? Or this is just the way life goes. This is just how it is. And work's supposed to be hard. Um, Michelle and I are here to talk about some of our personal experiences doing our own soulful spring cleaning. If you would like to either join the discussion or ask me or Michelle a question, please do call in and, and, and join the conversation at 816-251-3555. Uh, Michelle and I were talking about the Kaizen 5S taken from the Japanese ancient way of organizing uh, anything, actually. And it's sort, set in order, shine, standardize. And the fifth S is sustain. And in the American way of looking at sustain, it's called self-discipline. And here's the thing. When we sort something out and throw out the unwanted and keep the wanted, when we set it up in order, we have things just exactly as they would work for us in our normal daily life. And we shine it up and we have all the cool stuff that we want. And then we standardize things. Uh, we got to make sure that we stay with the program there. Otherwise, we're going to have to do our five S's very shortly thereafter. So it's best to sustain it. Sustaining our organization, sustaining our spring cleaning, sustaining what we've done to clear out our soul is the most important business. It's the most important thing to do because we don't want to keep sorting, setting order, shining, standardizing, and just keep doing that over and over and over and over. Now, look, it's necessary to revisit the top of the five S's from time to time. When we stay in sustain mode, which requires self-discipline, we are always better off. We are always living freer. We are always feeling more empowered. We are always able to access joy and appreciation and love. We are always able to have our best inner being shine forth and be the energy that we are. If we bring the junk back, if we go to the old bad habits that were disempowering, we are going to feel things that we don't want to feel and we are going to have energy over top of the good stuff that is going to block us. Just like the kitchen drawer. When you throw enough crap in there, you can't see the stuff that you want to see when you go to open it up and look for it. If you want to see that eyeglass repair kit and it's in the bottom, in the back, and you got all kinds of other unwanted stuff on top, you're not going to see the cool stuff that you want. And then you're going to get frustrated. And then maybe you're going to yell at someone in your home that you love dearly, but you yell at them because you're frustrated and can't find something. And then how's that person going to respond to you at dinner? And how's that going to go? And then it carries on and carries on and carries on. Now we have an inner wound, an inner burden that is holding us back from being who we truly want to be. It's holding us back from how we want to love someone because of an emotional outburst of something that was not able to get found. And truth be told, we live decades like this. We live decades trashing ourselves, 
throwing the unwanted junk on top of the good stuff. And soon enough, we can't see the good stuff. It's all buried underneath there. And maybe every now and then it comes out. Or what happens is that most beautiful human beings, when they've got enough trash on top of their beautiful soul, they are desperate to find someone or something that's going to shine the light on that little thing hidden inside there. And therefore, we become needy. And therefore, we expect other people to fulfill our needs because we can't get to the very essence of who we are and how we live a fulfilling life ourselves. And that sucks. That's a coaching term. And when I say that sucks, that means your soul is buried. And when your soul is buried, you're not having fun. You're not enjoying your life. And guess what? You're not going to have the career that you want. You're not going to be the mom you want to be. You're not going to be the spouse or partner you want to be. You're not going to be the friend you want to be. You're not going to be the daughter you want to be. You're not going to be the sister you want to be. You're going to be stuck in, I got to get my energy back. I got to get my little nibbles done. I got to get this. No one's doing this for me. And you get into victim mode like that. And when you're living in that mode, life sucks. And then everyone's doing stuff to you. Because that's what it feels like. It feels like life is happening to you. And you can't ever get enough energy and you can't ever get enough happiness. And it's other people's faults and problems. Michelle, we've been uh, tossing around uh, a couple of darling, beautiful human beings that we've spoken to over the last couple of weeks who fit this bill, mm -hmm. don't they? Yeah, we talk to a lot of time. people who this is their life and, and we both know it so well because it was our life. And there's most human beings walking around this planet are living in a darker place than they want to. They're living in their, in their soul's junk drawer and they don't know how to get out of it. Let's talk a little bit about this sustained fifth S and the self-discipline required, and then let's talk a little bit about our own journeys. And um, maybe we can talk about a positive, happy journey of one of our clients. Mm -hmm. We have so many great examples of all of that. And you've personally shepherded, I'm going to use that word intentionally, um, about 130 mm -hmm. women uh, on these clarity calls into their highest, most beautiful, awesome self uh, by helping them sort out, set in order, so that the coaches in the workshop, all of us can help them shine and standardize and sustain their next beautiful, wonderful version of themselves. And um, so let's talk about what we do for self-discipline slash sustain. And um, I'll go first. So for okay. for years, I have been really interested in maintaining a positive attitude. I was sort of born with one, like most human beings. But even as a young girl, I liked feeling happy. I liked feeling free. And I found a few ways that I could maintain that, and that is through exercise and athletics and being active. I really enjoyed that feeling. So when I got into high school, I, I played sports, and I enjoyed the, the feeling of working on a team and and winning games and learning together and practicing to be better. I just really got a great deal of satisfaction out of that pursuit. And what I ended up doing in my teenage years in order to not go out of shape during volleyball and basketball, the gap of the seasons, was to go out and run. And this was 
in the late 70s, early 80s, when running was sort of not cool yet, and they didn't have like a lot mm -hmm. of clothes for running, and they didn't really have running shoes yet. And uh, I ran in I my basketball shoes. <laughs> I was kind of a nerd when it came to running back then. I'm sort of just a nerd on other things now. Um, but I developed for myself self-discipline because what I wanted to feel was feeling good and free and in shape and healthy. And that at an early age in my teenage years, built a real strong foundation of self-discipline. And I don't really have to work at it now. It's part of my life ritual, my lifestyle. My lifestyle is on sustaining a level of inner joy, happiness, peace, alignment, health, activity, that's part of how I live. It's not like I'm fighting against what I really want to do. I am, I am moving myself forward on a daily basis in a lifestyle of sustaining my shiny soul. And I say that after decades of bouncing off that train, getting back on and realizing ultimately that my best life, my best happiness my best ability to now coach people, to lead a team, to run a business, to be able to be on a radio show or in a coaching call at my best version of me. In order to do what I want to do and who I want to be, I have to have an element of self-discipline around how I want to live my life. Um, Michelle, I know that since you and I met a year and a half ago, your life has changed significantly. Uh, tell us what you'd like about how you have five est your life and your soul well when i take a, a little bit of an inventory of where i was and where i am um and you helped us do that the other day uh took us through that little practice um thank mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and what what was paramount for me is that everything that i had wanted um even if it was in the back of my mind while i was working and you know in the corporate world the things that you take for granted, the little things, being able to walk outside and enjoy the view in the middle of the day, taking the break, maybe working from home, maybe working uh, with the dog at your feet. Um, it's interesting when I look back and if I had um, sorted out my feelings back then, maybe things would have gone a different way because I would have been able to realize that a change was needed. Um, mm. before the change happened. Um, so instead of it happening to me, maybe I could have directed it a little bit more so it could have been a little bit more graceful. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that sorting your feelings out is, is really important. You know, taking uh, an inventory of how are you feeling, where are you, are you where you want to be, and then what's going to have to happen to, to turn that around. Um, mm. So when I look at where I am now, Life is much more freeing, um, much more peaceful and calm, yet there's lives being impacted every day. And, yeah. you know, I talk to four to six women a day. I mm -hmm. have to be at my optimum uh, mentally ready for every conversation. And to do that, I had to put in place certain 
practices for myself of self-care so that, you know, mentally you're ready for the day. You're ready for who you're going to talk to. And Mm -hmm. so what I do, an important part I wanted to to talk about for a second was, you know, some people call it KISS, right? Keep it simple. Um, Mm -hmm. Keep it simple, Sally. Keep it simple, sister. Um, The bottom line is, is you're not going to be able to sustain any practice or commit to it if it's not simple enough and fitting into your what you know is your optimum. So if you know you're not a morning person, then getting up at 4.30 in the morning to start your practice probably isn't going to be sustainable. So when mm-hmm. you're setting those type of um, making those decisions, you have, to, you have to think about that. And so instead of getting up at 4.30, I get up at, you know, 5.55. I like that number. It's a number for mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. It's a number for a right. new day. Um, yeah. And so you have to, you have to make it simple enough that you're going to be able to commit to it and follow it because the worst thing is is setting you up for success uh, for failure you don't want to do that you want to set yourself up for success so you know anyone that's looking at kind of doing this spring cleaning and putting things in order and being able to sustain it remember that think of Mm -hmm. what is your best what is your best time what is your best way and method because my method isn't going to be everyone else's method and your method isn't going to fit everybody but we can take pieces and learn from that and apply it into our own life. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the, the biggest things you had to commit to, or you chose to commit to in order mm-hmm. to have the, the discipline in your life that was, that was giving you the gifts every day of what you want? The biggest commitment that you have to make to yourself is, honoring your feelings and deciding if you're going to be positive and move forward or if you're going to stay in victim mode. Mm. If you're going to stay in victim mode, then that it's going to, it's, it's not going to be fun and it's mm-hmm. not going to be happy for a long time. But if you want to move forward, you have to let go the emotions, the feelings, the toxicity, toxicity, the toxic people in your life, that mm-hmm. are holding you back and you've got to be mm-hmm. prepared for that and you've got to let that go. And, you know, I, I was just talking with somebody an hour ago and they reminded me of let it go. There's little things will always bubble up and you have to make that decision in the moment. Is mm-hmm. this really important to me or is it really serving me right now? No, right. it isn't. And you've right. got to just make a, a conscious decision and move on without it. You know, I want to stop you there for one second and and emphasize something super important. You're talking about uh, being able to be the master of your feelings. You're talking Mm -hmm. about having perspective and being the observer of your experience. Most people living life as a human being Mm -hmm. are in reaction mode. Because they've been stressed continually. And our stress response is meant to be 30 seconds long. Our adrenal glands, adrenal glands are meant to squirt out the things that are going to help us leap into action. And so when that is a persistent pattern, the better parts of our brain begin to shut down. Our adrenal, (laughs) I keep saying adrenal instead of adrenal, our adrenal level in our body, in our bloodstream, is telling our body 
to store fat. It is mm -hmm. telling our body to clamp the arteries for increased blood pressure. It is telling our body to do a lot of things that are not conducive to living in a positive manner. And it's mm -hmm. not meant to be that way. But with modern society, our stress response tends to be chronic. So the thing that you're talking about, Michelle, is the practice of being able to calm your nervous system down. And there are techniques for this meditation being the best, easiest, fastest, cheapest. <laughs> to calm your to calm your nervous system down so that you can have this perspective because if you're busy getting stressed out and being in reactionary mode all day long all the time and you can't sleep so you take stuff to sleep and ba 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 there is no way in the world that you're going to be able to do what Michelle just talked about because your baseline is way up here and if your baseline is stress everything that pops on top of that is going to be like boom 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 so if you drop a fork on the floor, you're likely to bark out and scream and yell in frustration. And it's simply a fork on the floor. But make no mistake about it, Michelle, since we've known each other, you have taken mm -hmm. your baseline, your baseline level of living <laughs> from somewhere that was a higher level of stress on a regular routine, daily, you know, minute by minute regular down to a level where you're able to live intentionally purposefully and you're able to witness yourself having emotions that you don't want and then being able to do something because you have a practice but if you don't have the baseline pulled way the heck down you cannot okay. because your brain is incapable of it having perspective. So the first thing that you did was to bring your baseline way down. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought this up because you're so right. As I'm sitting here, I'm just smiling and thinking about some of the people that might be listening that knew me in the old world. Mm. And mm. I used to commit one of the things that you talk about all the time of not to do and I know a couple of people are going to start chuckling right now. I used to be the one in the room that would say, well, I'm just going to be the devil's advocate here. Oh, okay. I was always <laughs> that person that had to, I wanted to be prepared for everything. And so I thought I was doing all this good work. You know, I'm going to be prepared. No, let's think, you know, let's think this way. And, and so every time I've heard you talk, but that knee jerk reaction mm -hmm. all the time, every day, we're mm -hmm. going and we're going and we're going and we never stop. And the thing is, is that if you, if I had just stopped and just listened to my inner voice and I heard her, she was screaming. Mm -hmm. I was in a very dark place, as you know, she mm -hmm. was screaming for help. Mm -hmm. And this is what we find when we talk to all of these ladies there. Right. We ask them, we, we do that little mini health assessment, you know, checking in with them. Are you having headaches? Are you having digestive issues? You mm -hmm. know, are you having the, the heart fluttering? Yeah. I ask those questions every day, six times a day. And I will tell you that I felt that every single day for at mm -hmm. least the last, you know, three years prior to me leaving. Yeah. Every single day. And yeah. when you're in that dark place, you're right. You can't see it. 
You can't. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes when we talk to something big. Yeah. Sometimes we talk to our, yeah, no, sometimes we talk to our ladies on our clarity calls with a great deal of compassion and insight and, 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 and diagnostic capabilities from our perspective of, uh, knowing the questions to ask, um, the defense mechanisms and the stress level is sometimes so high that they, they literally don't even see that it's possible to feel differently. And I know that from from your perspective and mine, because we talk about this pretty regularly, it, it just literally breaks our heart mm-hmm. that this beautiful person doesn't even feel that living a different way is possible. But we get the joy of watching the women go through the workshop. And you have the joy of having watched yourself in a very short period of time transform mm-hmm. who you are and how you live your life. And your family life has gotten happier and better and you're just a, a better, happier, more version of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're grounded at the same time you're happier. And that is what happens when we take care of ourselves and we sort out the things that we don't want and we move them away and we keep the stuff that's beautiful and good about ourselves and we set it in order and we make sure that the stuff that's really good and true and happy about ourselves is upfront and is available to us all the time. And we keep that really shiny and we keep it well, well oiled machine, so to speak. And we standardize how we do that so that we can live our life with all of that stuff being right here for us. Because if we have to dig through the drawer to find the thing wanted, we're not going to get to it and we're not going to be happy about the frustration of getting to it. We have to bring it forward and standardize that. Mm -hmm. And then once we've done that, if we don't have a system for sustaining that beautiful order and that shiny, lovely, standardized way of us being us, without sustaining it, We're going to lose everything we just organized and brought forward. And this is why, as you know, in our workshop, we have a 12-week workshop where we basically go through these steps with our ladies and help them claim a new job. But we also offer a graduate sisterhood included in the whole work that we do because I want to help our ladies sustain it. It's important. And sometimes when we see our ladies kind of falling off the bandwagon, if you will, I I do ask them, how's that daily ritual? Well, no, I haven't mm-hmm. been doing it for a while. That's always the thing that pulls us off. We've got to sustain the best, most beautiful, wonderful parts of ourselves to live the life that we want to live. And here's the other thing. Where you're hanging out now, Michelle, where you're hanging out emotionally, spiritually, from a grounded perspective, living in empowerment and appreciation and joy and clarity of who you are and what you bring to the world. That's where we can then handle a bigger job, more responsibility, a bigger paycheck. That's when we can be the person that we want to be and do more because we all want to have more influence and impact in the world. There's not a single woman we've ever talked to on a clarity call, Michelle, who hasn't told us that their ideal perfect job is to help other people. And the best way to help other people is to claim a higher level of influence and impact in your work. And you have done that because you've spoken to thousands of women about their careers and you have helped 130 or so women through that <laughs> conversation and saved their lives literally. And that's yeah. influence and, and impact. That's big. What's the be- one of the best parts about it is it's not just them because when you talk to them as you want mm. them to transform, 
you hear from them and you see them and you watch them and, you know, we, we connect on, on Facebook and social media, you see the impact not just on them, on mm-hmm. their family, on, right. their, on the children, yes. on who they're working with. And yes. so that's why this is so, this is, and we've talked about this is, this is my calling. This is my, I've always been an advocate for others and being able to mm-hmm. watch and bear witness on how that's changing and impacting their lives. And that's what I, you know, I, I hope that everyone listening is, is thinking that how, how are you showing up? If you still have yourself on that back burner, if you're still putting everyone else first, are you mm-hmm. really having the impact that you want to have? Right. And not until you move forward, not until you unload the anger, the resentment, the sadness, the harboring of emotions that's cluttering up your junk drawer of your soul, and you mm-hmm. find your happiness and, you know, your joy again, your satisfaction, your fulfillment. You right. can't be that best version of you. You've no. got to get rid of that stuff. And it, right. you can't do it alone. It's hard mm-hmm. to do it alone, and it takes so long. Well, we have blind spots. We have, yeah. Right. Yeah. We have blind spots. So we're going to wrap up here. Folks, if you want to get a handle on what we're doing and what we're talking about and change your life, it's super easy. You go to mofall.com slash give me clarity, and you'll have the best conversation about you that you've ever had. Michelle, thanks a lot for joining me. I love working with you every single day. This is Coach MoFall. You can find me at mofall.com and everywhere on social media. See you next time. Don't forget. Bring your soul to work so that you can be in your dream job today. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.